Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. This is both in our own lives and the world in general. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife Karen. Aquí. Aquí. We're Spanish. <laughs> si. Hola. Como esta? Bien, y tú? Buenos noches. Si. Ah, we'll see, we're practicing. Well, I got to practice. Maybe I'm going back to Ecuador in June. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going. <laughs> but uh, who knows? So we're here uh, recording the night before. This is a, a holiday tomorrow. Today is October 30th. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's October 31st. And there's a holiday. And Let's... it's not what you think it is. <laughs> it's not. It's more it's... important yeah. than walking around and getting candy and wearing costumes. Tomorrow, it's Reformation Day. So it's Reformation Eve. Yes, Reformation Eve. <laughs> I'm going to put out my, my, uh, my thesis, my, my 95, 95 thesis. <laughs> and so right now, we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Where exactly am I going to hang this? Yeah, what, what should we do? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm going to dress up. Maybe I'll be Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King. Martin <laughs> Luther. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, and, or maybe Calvin, John Calvin, who's a later yeah. reformer. I'm already growing the John Calvin beard. Yeah. I can do that. You need a pointier face. Mm-hmm. Everything they, about him is pointy. He's pointy. His face, his beard, his hat has a little, he has angles. He's got angles. You're a little rounder. So what you do anyway. today... <laughs> Did you have a good day? Nobody cares what I did today. Let's just know, get right that's, into it. That's, sometimes, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and some of them have banter. So I want to have some banter, like well, meaningless stuff think... that people don't care about, but they'll listen to. They'll be intrigued, because I'm intrigued at I think the banter. we've got the banter like... part down. Okay. We have a lot to cover today. We do. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we should just jump right into but it. But I did... I'll tell you one thing I did. What? I did roast some pumpkin seeds. You roast pumpkin seeds? <laughs> Very typical of an October 30th. Are we supposed to eat them? Yeah. Oh. We ate a batch. But won't I grow pumpkins in my stomach if I... Yes. Oh, okay. That's part of the fun. Will I become the great pumpkin? <laughs> Charlie Brown? The greatest. What? <laughs> anyway. Can I just tell you? One what? of my dance mom friends tonight told me that most of them are teachers. She said one of her students' names is the greatest. No, sorry. Without what? the dull. Without the dull. His, without the the, his name is greatest. Like just in English? Like greatest? Yep. yep. Greatest. Greatest, huh? Well, you know. Hey, you don't name your child what you Somebody a couple years ago, be. I think, named their kid Messiah. So. Which, okay. <laughs> That's... Uh, yeah, so I, I have to say, it's the first I've ever heard of that that name. Greatest. Muhammad Ali, he yeah. called himself, I'm the greatest. Maybe he wants him to be like him. Maybe. Greatest. What if the kid, like, is just a disappointment? Well, <laughs> like, I was going to like... omit the, the next okay yeah, we don't. <laughs> but sometimes they call him something else because of his behavior. <laughs> But, uh, well, in the Bible, that also ends in named, God would change people's name and right, depending on like the situation or. But if you're if you're or, already the greatest, like what? Greatest. <laughs> I'm the greatest. You are now. 
the worst. Mm. <laughs> anyway. All right. So I'm going to tell you a story. Story time. Story time. Are you going to tell us what the story of Reformation Day? I'm just going to briefly tell you about how it started. I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but... Okay, this is good, because I told Rue the story in mm -hmm. the car today. Uh, so, I'm going to see Okay. if your story compares you ready to mine. for story time? Okay. Let's light the, light the campfire. <laughs> get the marshmallows get going. Your, yeah. All right. Get your hot cocoa. On October 31st, 1517, a zealous German monk posted a document on the church door in Wittenberg. This would send shockwaves through Europe. The monk's name was Martin Luther, and the document was the 95 Thesis against the collecting of indulgences and other Roman Catholic practices. This eventually led to what we call the Protestant Reformation. Posting this document on the church door was not what was controversial. The door was seen more as the town bulletin board at the time. Luther didn't even, didn't even intend for this to circulate. He wrote it in Latin and just wanted to have an in-house debate on the subjects. Some of his students, however, took this and translated it into German and had them print it. Word got around. While this sparked the Reformation, it was not the topic of indulgences that was the major arguing point. And it wasn't until later, when Luther was reading through Romans, he came to this verse, Romans 1.17, The righteous shall live by faith. And then he was converted. From there, from there, for Luther, and for the reformers that followed, it was justification. How is a person justified before a holy God? Is it by faith and works, or is it by faith alone? And that was written by me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you reading off a website? or? <laughs> you know, I, well, I did a no. couple uh, months ago. I had the honor at my church to teach Sunday school. So I taught on this subject of Roman Catholicism and just went into like just some brief details of why Roman Catholicism is not biblical Christianity and the importance of us reaching out to our Roman Catholic friends and family because that's predominant. In, in this country, in this area of this country, is Roman Catholicism. And worldwide, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, not that it it's not Christianity, but it's the biggest, I guess, Christian yeah. church, even though it's not, again, a real Christian church. Uh, but it's important that we know, like, and why, why as Protestants it's important we know why we believe what we believe and the, the, the history, the church history that's behind it. Um, and it's not as if the gospel of justification was lost during that period, during the dark ages of the Roman Catholic Church and its dominance. It was still there. There were still people who believed in faith alone. So it wasn't like the Mormons believed they have to restore the church. And it wasn't a restoration. Mm -hmm. So they believed the church totally was gone until uh, Joseph Smith, you know, God apparently mm -hmm. spoke to Joseph Smith and he restored the church. Roman Catholicism, or uh, sorry, uh, what the reformers were doing was just reforming it back to, to what, biblical, what oh, was yeah. biblical and predominant. It was still there. The gospel was still being proclaimed, but it was kind of, kind of hidden, you know. So God was still saving people through through the true gospel, but these guys kind of took it. And and one of the uh, battle cries that came out of the Reformation is one of my favorite Latin sayings: "Post tenebras lux." after darkness light so there was darkness mm. and then these guys shed light on the gospel 
and it was justification. That's really the point that God used Luther, and then the reformers after him, uh, Knox, uh, and eventually Calvin, and these other guys. But, and there's many reformers who we don't even know their names that just yeah. start just going back to what do the scriptures say? How is one justified before God and made right? And that's the major crux of the, the Reformation. Is that the right word, crux? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, when I was um, kind of reading up about it and Martin Luther and stuff, um, it was talking about how it was discouraged for Roman Catholics to read their Bible. And mm -hmm. they were actually... Actually, wait, did I write down? One of their... Um, the articles in their catechism... 82 says or whatever i summarized it but do not derive does not derive their authority from scripture alone um and i'm like wondering like what made martin luther like all of a sudden be like well, wait i'm gonna read this mm -hmm. like if he hadn't had that epiphany i'm gonna i'm gonna see what it really says for myself and even when he when he posted the ninety five thesis, he wasn't even talking about justification then. It was just some some points. You know, indulgences was really what he was going after, and that's the collection of money. Uh, what was the guy's name? I forgot to. Uh... The money for people in purgatory. Yeah, people so, in purgatory. So there was a guy. Purgatory. I forget his name. Why didn't I look at this? Uh, going around collecting money to to build a Tessel. Tessel. Yeah, Tessel. Thank Tessel. you. Thank you. I don't think I spelled it right, but you you complete Johann Tessel. Yes, from Germany. You complete me. He's raising Sorry. money. <laughs> Tessel. He was yeah. gi giving out grace, saving grace. Mm -hmm. And he was collecting the money to to build uh, a church. Right. What did it remind me of? Um, so yeah. you could pay money for people who are in purgatory to right. get them out of purgatory into yeah. heaven. Yeah, you'd spring them out. But there was another instance. There was something we were comparing it to, and actually Rue brought it mm -hmm. up. Now I forget. The, It'll the come to me later. The slogan but anyway. was like when when a coin in the coffer uh, rings, another soul from purgatory yes! springs. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was doing that, and Luther was like, "Wait a minute, this doesn't seem right." Like, so, oh, like that movie Coco. That's what we're okay. I, I never like, saw. You had to have a picture. All these, all the the souls were like Day of the Dead and stuff. Yeah, like their souls are well, trapped yeah, in that world. I, probably Day to... of the Dead. Uh, I haven't researched that, but it's probably based on Roman Catholic beliefs because in that part of the world it's like mexico right and yeah and south america is very roman catholic but like very iconic idolatrous even more uh so roman catholic and yeah that's yeah and that mm -hmm. what it reminded us of because i was like ah oh, in that movie if their loved ones that were still living forgot about them mm -hmm. or didn't have their photo on what the altar whatever that's altar for their dead relatives okay and if their photo was not on that altar they were stuck in this purgatory type place forever mm. or they would just you know die and go to hell or whatever but i mean i don't know if it said that specifically in the movie it's but it reminded me Coco? they either just died <laughs> forgotten or mm -hmm. they got to move on to wherever wow but um yeah it's mm. crazy so i was like that's kind of like you know purgatory 
Yeah. And you could just pay mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. And, and the Pope, Pope, Pope has the power to give you extra grace and extra merit. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there a thing, like, if, if people were, like, really super good, they had extra merit? Yeah, so... And they could use that for other people? So, yeah, there's, like, a treasury of merit. Yeah. That you, you, you get merit into. And then, uh, like, the saints and Mary have, you know, enough in the treasury yeah. of merit that you can <laughs> maybe tap into that. Yeah. But the collection of indulgences, they still do that. The Catholic Roman Catholic Church still practices that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and actually, I think... I don't know if it was this pope or the last pope. Like, the, he put out a tweet... And basically, I, I don't know if he him. personally put it out. <laughs> yeah, if you follow him and share the tweet, you get time off purgatory. What? As an indulgence. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. What? Yeah. The more, like, I, I grew up Catholic. And, of course, I know nothing about it until mm-hmm. the last few years because, right. of course, I didn't pay attention. And nobody told me to read my Bible. They just said, you know, we just went through the catechism in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And actually, Rue was asking me, because we, she's like, oh, what did you do when you went to church? Was there like a kid's church? Was there like, and I was like, actually, we didn't go to church. And when we had to go to catechism before confirmation and stuff, we just went to that class and then went home. Like, we didn't even stay for church. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and they didn't even care. Like, you know. Right. Well, some do. Some, Some won't let you make your sacraments if your envelopes aren't in. So yeah, they, yeah, they check your envelopes. Went. But one time, the priest there, the priest there did spaz out. He kind of had a, a venting day at church because people weren't paying and no, mm. you know, so well, yeah, you know. Uh, and and as far as like Roman Catholic Church teaching you or telling you or encouraging you to read your Bible, uh, they still don't. You know, maybe some do here or there. Maybe you'll get a priest that will encourage you to read it for yourself. But that's that stems back to this, to, to the Reformation, where the the masses were all in Latin, so the common person didn't understand Latin. So everything's coming from the church. It was like the power of the church. You know, they believe that God ordained the church to interpret Scripture, that you can't do it on your own. And their fear was if it got into the common people, then they're going to, you know, interpret it for themselves and... All these denominations will spring up because people will have different interpretations of it. Right. But Martin Luther was like, well, it's worth that risk because the people should know what God says. Because he knew it would happen. And look around. And that's what Roman Catholics will say. Oh, look at all these denominations that that are around. Uh, But there's also differing beliefs within Roman Catholicism, too. But they don't want to see that. Uh, I don't. When I say they, like I'm, they I'm, yeah. I'm painting with a broad brush. I realize, but we should, yeah, we hate when so, people paint us with yeah, a broad brush. So I don't want to say all Roman Catholics, so. because you know I do believe. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll say this up front that there are Roman Catholics who do believe they are saved by Christ alone. Just mm-hmm. they're justified by faith alone in Christ alone. Uh, but it's not because of what Rome teaches. It's not because of what the Roman Catholic Church teaches, because they don't teach that. So. Yes, there are real Christians within Roman Catholicism. I also believe, and Narcy Sproul says this too, that you should get out. You should leave. If you know you are saved and you know they're not teaching that, you should get out of that church and bring as many people, I'll add this, bring as many of Christ's sheep with you. Bring them out. Because I don't know how you could sit through a Mass if you actually know what the Mass is. Right. And 
and hear what the priest says and not be squirming in your seat the whole time and and want to stand up and yell blasphemy and you know you know <laughs> yeah. no this is heresy this is not the gospel you're leading people to hell because that's what it is if you believe that if you believe any of your works add to your salvation any of it if you believe these sacraments add to your salvation if you believe going to mass and having to re-sacrifice christ because you believe he comes down into the eucharist then then that's not the gospel that's you're believing in a false gospel and that is damning and that's what's sad the roman catholic church is is huge and there's so many people who do believe that who are damned and it's damning people <laughs> and that's what i don't understand like why once you actually read the bible and get the truth and then realize how so much of what the Roman Catholics are doing and all their traditions and their sacraments and all the, it doesn't line up with scripture. And how do mm -hmm. you stay there? Right. Like, how do you not say, Hey, but, and I think a big part of it is just like my family, it's a family, it's a tradition thing. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's so embedded in people's families, generation yeah. after generation after generation, mm -hmm. you know, like I think if my grandmother was still alive, and like I think I said on the last podcast, and she sat there with a rosary every night. Like I would, I would probably have a hard time saying, right. "Grandma, what are you doing?" Like mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I I would, I would like to think I would, but um, yeah, it's like, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely when it's your family's in it, and you you have grown up in it in a tradition, you know, Italian Catholic, Irish Catholic. And you really don't sit there and read your Bible because right. you just, you go to church and you rely on, on the priest to tell you what's in it, but they really don't. They have a short little, mm -hmm. they don't really give a sermon like. Right. Even, even if, even if they read. I mean, I can't really say because I haven't been to a Catholic service right. in but, a while, but. Yeah. But even if they read, like, so I remember, because I grew up Roman Catholic too. Uh, so there's the first reading, second reading. Well, you so were like an altar boy, so yeah, you, you had more in it. experience. Yeah, I was in it. Uh, <laughs> Old Testament, it. New Testament reading, and then the go gospel is read, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and then a homily. So the priest or the deacon will give the homily after they read the gospel. But it's usually not even about what they just read, so they're, they're not teaching you what the text actually says. Mm -hmm. and, and what's crazy is they could read a text that just refutes their belief what rome teaches and not even talk about it so they can read and and read from when jesus dies on the cross and he says it is finished and then go on to give their homily about you have to go to confession you have to do this you have to yeah. do that it's like you just said it is finished jesus says <laughs> it is to tell us die it is finished paid in full you you don't have to earn anything. He just paid it. He just paid your penalty. That's the gospel. He pays it. You believe it. You have faith. And your faith will save you because it's faith in him. So actually your faith doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. And it's faith in him by which you were saved. So right. like, it's crazy. <laughs> so I have this little pamphlet in my hand maybe we'll talk about this i just came across this uh a few days ago how to make a good confession the sacrament of reconciliation now 
I think, you know, it's great that we talk about this today being Reformation Day. Uh, because to, to tell people that they need to continually confess their sins to a priest in order mm-hmm. to be saved is not scriptural. It's not in the Bible. We, the Bible says we are to confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So we can confess directly to God. We don't need a middleman. And we are to confess our sins to each other. So, you know, we, we tell each other our sins. That's part of discipleship. That's, you know, we can, we can tell you, you can tell your pastor your sins if you want, but you don't have, you don't need him to absolve you of your sins. It is God who forgives. And you don't continually, there, there's continual repentance from sin, but you don't lose your salvation. You know, they kind of teach it as, from what I'm reading from this pamphlet, and we'll go through some of it, it seems like, you know, you have your baptism, and then between your baptism and your, mm-hmm. your penance is also yeah. what the sacrament is called. Uh, you can lose that saving grace that was infused to you during your baptism. So you lose that grace. So you have to go and so do this next the sacrament. Of... Right. You do this next sacrament, confess your sins, and they'll give you a penance or something to do to make up for it. Like, yeah which is not biblical either. It's like, what guy can't make up for it. Like, yeah. I can't do it. Uh, and then, and then you can, you know, maybe sin again. And then the you go the following year and you do the same thing. And then when you make your communion, that's also infusing grace into you to be able to do works. It's almost like vaccines. Like you right? get one and then you need a booster shot. You need your booster <laughs> shot. <laughs> it's only good for two years. And then, Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to read before I get to the pamphlet so we know what uh, what confession is or the, the sacrament of penance and reconciliation and this is from the Catholic Catechism uh, article 4 uh, I don't know how they do these it says 1422 next to it um, those who approach the sacrament of penance obtain pardon from God's pardon from God's mercy for the offense committed against him and are at the same time reconciled with the church which they have wounded by their sins and and which by charity by example and by prayer labors for their conversion hmm. what is this sacrament called it is called the sacrament of conversion because it makes sacra- sacramentally present Jesus's call to conversion, the first step in returning to the Father from whom one has strayed by sin. It is called the sacrament of penance since it cons- consecrates the Christian sinner's personal and ecclesial steps of conversion, penance, and satisfaction. Hmm. There's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of stuff there. It's called the sacrament of confession since the disclosure or confession of sins to a priest is an essential element of this, this sacrament. In a profound sense, it is also a confession, acknowledgement, and praise of the holiness of God and his mercy towards sinful man. So I'm, I'm with that there, like minus the priest part. Mm-hmm. Like when we confess our sins to God, yeah, it acknowledges and praises him, who God is, and that we are sinful men. All right, this is called the sacrament of forgiveness. Since the priest's sacramental absolution, God grants the penitent pardon and peace. So this is saying the priest needs to absolve your sin. 
I I believe He's God a does lot that of power to through Christ. To the priest. Yeah. Christ, again, it is finished, he said. Right. How, how is a man saved? Believe, and you shall be saved. That's, you know, if, if one confesses with their mouth and believes in the heart that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say anything about uh, confessing to a priest. Uh yeah, I, I mean, there's so much here. Look up the, look it up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Look and believe and learn what Rome, Rome teaches, what their catechism teaches. They still hold to this, what they teach about penance, reconciliation. Um, yeah, but let, let's go through this pamphlet. Want to go through the pamphlet? Sacrament of reconciliation. Why go to confession? There's more story time. Why go to confession? <laughs> Why go to confession? The church commands, you shall confess your sins at least once a year. And that, again, is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2042. The saints of the church have often recommended frequent confession. For instance, St. John Paul II led by example, going to confession at least weekly. Martin Luther, before he was converted, when he was a monk in the monastery, uh, used to go to I confession multiple times a day. And people would ask him at this point, do you love God? And he would say, love God? Sometimes I hate God. Because he, he was so crushed and he had to keep going and to confess. And then he, he would leave for a second and then think about something he forgot to tell the priest <clears throat> and keep going back and going back. Because uh, he felt like he couldn't stop sinning. Yeah. Because we can't. <laughs> and, and he said we're, we're simultaneously saints and sinners. Mm -hmm. When you're forgiven by Christ... We are, we, are, we are saints because we are the called out people of God and, and he sanctifies us. And then we also uh, will still sin. We will hate our sin now. But it's simul justus peccator is the Latin. All right. Why does the church take this sacrament so seriously? And here it quotes a saint, Saint Faustina. And Saint Faustina was, was born in the early 1900s. Uh, and she said she had visions of Jesus coming and talking to her. And uh, he, he told her to paint a picture of him with like light coming out of his, his heart, his chest. He was wearing a white robe. Oh, that was her picture? Or that, that was her vision, right? Her vision. She saw. And he said to her to paint this picture. But if somebody else, I think, eventually painted the picture. Yeah. And it's like the divine mercy. So she's like the saint. The saint of mercy. Of mercy. Uh, so, so there's some quotes in her diary, her diary, because the priest that she would confess to first thought she was crazy, had her evaluated, and then they found out she wasn't crazy. And he said, all right, well, write down what Jesus is telling you. And right there, that should be like a red alert. Like, wait a minute, write down what Jesus is telling you. So if, if Jesus is really appearing to you, if you're having divine revelation, what you're writing down is scripture. Yeah, it's scripture, right? You can't. Speak authority. Jesus and can't. the Bible. Yeah, speak authoritatively one day and then the next day, like, no. So. The book of Faustina. Right, so. It should be Faustina. False. <laughs> Faustina. Uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say she didn't have visions, but just remember that the, the angel or the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. So all these false teachers that come out of, come start cults or teach falsely who say they have visions i believe they very well could have visions but it's not jesus Oop. Hey, yo, they 
<laughs> this Shylin. Oh, Shy is reminding us to pray for the. Uh, yeah, pray for our E3. Uh, our lost, our Oikos maps. Oikos maps. But anyway, so here's some quotes that uh, they use. So Saint Faustina records in her diary the following words of Jesus: "I myself am waiting there for you." In 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 the uh, confessional booth. So Jesus is saying, "I myself." I'm waiting there for you. I am only hidden by the priest. I myself act in your soul. Again, I guess he said to her, make your confession before me. The person of the priest is, for me, only a screen. Never analyze the sort of priest it is that I am making use of. Open your soul in confession as you would to me, and I will fill it with my light. So, again, she's believing jesus is telling her these things about confessions now to me these things are not in scripture i don't see that here he doesn't tell us in his word to go to a priest now you can twist scripture however you want to make it sound like that but and that, and they tried they try that mm -hmm. but that's not what he's saying and also can does this remind you of any popular book that circulates within protestant circles why, yes, it does. Well, what would it be called? <laughs> what would that book be called? Uh, oh, you're trying to get me in trouble. I can uh, say it. I don't care. I, I would say that reminds me of Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling. Like Sarah Young, by, by Sarah Young, who, so, had, who had similar revelations from Jesus and writes as if Jesus is speaking, which... Right. Uh... Here's a freebie for you today. If you're reading that book, look into the history of that book. Uh, it's it's not a good... I would not recommend that book. Make the decision for yourself, but it's very similar to what this St. Faustina was experiencing. So look into the history of the Jesus Calling book Saint before Young. you continue to read it. So anyway, back to the pamphlet here. Uh... So it goes on to say, let's skip around. I don't want to do this whole thing. I just want you to get the, the main point. Yeah, because there's a lot of... There's a lot on it here. It goes through every um, mm -hmm. commandment, I think. And... Yeah. Okay. Let's go to, uh, why do I have to confess to a priest? Why can't I just confess my sins directly to God? And the answer that they give is because Jesus has delegated the priests and bishops of his church to forgive sins. And it quotes two passages here. Uh, quotes from John, chapter 20, 20 to 23. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Now, there's different scholars that have differing opinions on this. Uh, but many of them, their consensus is this is about the gospel. It's about the proclamation of the gospel, right? Because where the gospel goes and people repent and believe, they are forgiven. And where it goes and they don't repent and believe, they are not forgiven because it's faith in Christ alone. And this is at the end of the gospel of John when the risen Christ appears to, to the apostles, to, to the disciples, and there were probably other people that, who were there at this time, uh, and if you read the end of Matthew, when he, right before his ascension, 
He tells people to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he's commanded, and he will be with them. So that's the Great Commission. So this coincides with the Great Commission. Uh, and then also in James, they quote James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now in the context here, yes, there's also, uh, if, if a person is sick, have them call for the elders and they will anoint them. And then uh, it goes into this verse here to confess your sins to one another. But it's not saying confess your sins just to the elders. It's saying to one another, to right. whoever's there. Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And then it's not necessarily about physical healing because it goes on to talk about being raised up again. And that's language of being raised up on the last day. But... So, so you can take verses out of context and make them sound like how you want them to sound and what you're teaching, but you have to be in context, right? So, do you have to confess? Does the Bible say you have to confess to a priest? No. No, it doesn't. Confess to one another. You can confess to your pastor, but it doesn't have to be. You confess directly to God. He already knows, and at least this this does go into, this pamphlet does go into that God already knows your sin. Like everything that's mm -hmm. in the dark comes into the light. God knows. But you can go directly to him. You don't, do not have to go. Go to some weird guy in a yeah. box. And... and what I'll end with on this pamphlet is, it, it gives a, an examination of conscience, and it goes through the Ten Commandments. And what's interesting is it's missing a commandment did you notice that okay so let's see i had it pulled up I kinda, here yeah i didn't read that part like the whole all the commandments thing, yeah so so if you ever notice uh the, the ten commandments are and I'll, I'll read from i thought i had exodus pulled up here but deuteronomy has it as well i have deuteronomy pulled up uh so I'll, I'll just read the first three and see what, what the difference is. So Deuteronomy uh, chapter chapter 5. This Deuteronomy is like basically the second giving of the law that Moses gives. So uh, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or in, on the earth, beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents in the third and fourth generation who hate me, but showing love to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So the first one was, you shall have no other gods. second one, you shall not make an image. So no graven image, no image. The third one, third commandment in verse 11, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So don't take the Lord's name in vain. Such so as three. Let me read you the three that the Roman Catholics have. One, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have other gods before me. That's the same. Two, you shall not take the Lord, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Is that uh, maybe they just put them out of order? Three. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Wait, what? Wait a minute. 
they, they, they're miss they're missing one. Wait, you shall not. No, I'm gonna read from Deuteronomy <laughs> wait, again. Wait, wait. I'm confused because like I have what the Bible says and then what this pamphlet says, and then uh, maybe I'm... didn't maybe they put it later. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Hold on. No. Because uh. this, the Bible in Deuteronomy. They just changed the order. I could Exodus too, but I think it's the same in Exodus. You shall not make for yourself an image. In the form of anything in heaven or above heaven or beneath heaven or below the waters, you should not bow down to them and worship them. That's the second mm. commandment here in Deuteronomy. But do I see that anywhere on here? Honor your father and your mother. You shall not I have kill. a feeling you're not you going to find it. No, no. Why would they take that out? Why would that not be? Because that's their favorite thing to, to do. Sing? Oh, that's man. pretty much. Man, that's. I mean, shouldn't that be? How like, could they sell all that merch if they can't the, do that? All the Saint merch. All the Saint merch. You can go to the Saint Faustina has her own shop. You get your shrines, your icons. Yeah. Uh anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be graceful. I'm trying. I'm not doing yeah, a good job actually, at it. We need to repent because yeah. we're not. Uh, so I, if I'm if we're offending, I'm sorry. I apologize, but it's it's frustrating for for those who read the Bible, who love God, who want to worship God the way he commands to be worshiped. And then we see this, we, we experience this. We see pamphlets that say you have to go to confession to be saved. Like, I want to find that because that's like... What's that part where they compared it to Lazarus? Oh, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, and that's a quote was... from one of their theologians. I was like... Yeah, so here I'm going to quote from Dr. Scott Hahn. Crazy. He's one of, one of their... Uh, Roman Catholic apologist, so he defends the faith of Roman Catholicism. And this is where we'll stop talking about uh, this pamphlet, and then we'll kind of wrap up. Uh, Biblical theologian Dr. Scott Hahn speaks of the absolution given in the sacrament of confession as a greater miracle than Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, because Lazarus would die again someday. In the sacrament, however, we are raised back up to life eternal. Hmm. So he's comparing the sacrament that they added. Yeah, so in the sacrament, we are raised back up to life eternal. Um, let me see what Philippians has to say about this. Philippians, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So he's Jesus will continue the work in you. God will continue mm-hmm. the work in you that he started. Because he's the one who saves. He saves. He doesn't raise you back up. He 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 the, when you're raised from death to life is when you put your faith in Christ. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. But you're made alive together with Christ. He makes you alive together with Christ. You cannot lose that salvation. You can't lose it. Now, with that, you will have fruit. There will be fruit in your life by God producing that fruit in you. Exactly. He will bring it. He will continue the work in you. So your works don't save you. So to be clear, the Roman Catholics do believe you need faith. It is by grace, mm-hmm. and there's faith, plus works. Justification 
coming out of the Reformation, and biblically is you are justified by faith alone. That's it. Not your works don't add to it. Your works so they, are fruit. They flip and actually, it the other way. What was that? So they flip it the other way. Yeah. You work for your Yeah. Work first. And that's the whole then... thing of penance is you've lost your grace. You have to go get it back. So you have you to have go to back to confession. Back. <laughs> right. And then if you don't confess. But I know I think as a Catholic I just thought I was going to heaven no matter what. Though. A lot I too. kinda have and I didn't go to confession at all so i think there's you know a lot of them kind of feel that way too like you just go to heaven no matter how much you sin mm -hmm. and if you're in purgatory that's another chance to purge the rest of your sin yeah but if you don't or does that just always happen i don't even know anymore like you do you go to hell from purgatory too is that an option? I don't, I'm not too clear on what they teach about that, I but forget. I don't think you do. I think that you're there until you're out. So. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So you're just it's there. Depending on the length you're there, how deep your sin is. Right, you can be there for like thousands of years. Uh, but people can pray you out and pay you out. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's, that's just wrong. It's so bizarre. Because that, that, like, I believe that spits on the cross of Christ. When he says, it is finished, it is finished. Like, <laughs> it's like, like if, if, if you trusted in him and then you have a couple sins here and there that his, his sacrifice didn't cover, and now you have to go work them out. You have to cover your own sin. So basically, his sacrifice was only good enough to get you to purgatory, so you have to continue the work. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I'm just going to read this, this, this verse here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, and I've I've read that verse on here <laughs> numerous <laughs> times, but it's grace. Grace is the gift. Faith is also the gift. It is not anything that we do. Is all of Him? Not our works have nothing to do with it. If we did, then we can boast in them. We can't. But we are His workmanship. So He's continually working in us. We're created in Christ Jesus for the works He created beforehand, and we are to walk in them. And he's there walking with us. But those works, I cannot present them to him. I cannot say, look what I did for you. Yeah, I, I want to work for him. I do. I might say that that's my heart's desire. And I don't mm -hmm. do it perfectly. And we never will. And yeah, the Bible does say no holy thing can come into the presence of God. But that's why I don't come into the presence of God by my own self. I'm covered in the blood of Christ. You're covered in the blood of Christ. We, we can't. We can never be holy enough, even in purgatory. That would, ne if that was a real place, you'd still never be holy enough to ever come by yourself. That's the whole point of the gospel. So, if you're in purgatory and you're waiting to purge all your sin, are you sinning while you're there, also? <laughs> like, <laughs> or are you sinless yeah. while you're there? I don't know. Yeah, did you, you already like, do all your sinning, and now you're just not like being sinning? further cleaned or? 
yeah, I guess it's they're purging all your sin out. So all the sins so it's that a you place had, where you can't sin anymore. It, you can just purge your sin out. But I guess you can just sit there. You can just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> just stay in your status. Like, is there fire? Is there? It's good, man. Are you working? Well, I guess they think there's fire because they base it off of a verse in in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians where your your works will be burned, burned away. away. Hmm. I don't know. Toss them in the fire. That's a whole nother episode of going to purgatory. But so the five solas. Five solas. That's what are they? What are the five solas? <laughs> Pop quiz. Scripture alone, faith alone. Well, you could probably say the uh, grace alone, Christ alone, for the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> STG. Was it Bach used to write that uh, on his pieces? There's all his, oh, all yeah. his music. He would like, write SDG, Soli Deo Gloria. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, so I just yeah. want to wrap up with one more verse. Uh, I'm using a digital Bible. <laughs> Go on an app, Bible <laughs> Hub. I like Bible Hub. It's easy to... to uh, to navigate shout out to bible hub shout out to bible hub <laughs> unofficially sponsored by bible hub <laughs> uh, i always think of kyle when i think about the five solas mm. <laughs> uh, five solas the five onlys five onlys people are like how can you have five of if, if it's alone, <laughs> five things that are alone. All right. So Paul wrote this in Romans, Romans 3, verse 28. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So it's apart from works of the law. No works. We're not justified by our works. It is faith. We hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So any religious system that's saying you have to do anything to merit your salvation, whether it's faith, grace, plus anything, if it's not by the finished work of Christ alone, yet yeah, we're saved by works. We are. But not our works. It's by Christ's works. Mm -hmm. It's what He did. He lived a perfect life. He died the death that sinners deserve. He rose again, and he seated at the right hand of the Father, and the command that goes out is repent and believe. And repentance is granted to us, so that's not even a work either. So, so our repentance isn't a work. We turn, we have a change of mind. Our mind has changed from, from worshiping ourselves, worshiping idols, going after our sin, Denying God, hating God. We hate God before we come to Him. And we might not say that. People might be like, oh, I'm spiritual. I don't really hate God. If there's a God, yeah, man, cool. No, you hate Him. <laughs> I hated Him. I didn't want anything to do with Him. I might have said, you know, maybe prayed just, you know, to cover myself, yeah. right, here and there, and, and never was like a full-out atheist. But I didn't love this God. I didn't love the true God. You just want to say what's what's... Culturally, culturally correct mm -hmm. PC. And that's Roman Catholicism is making a God after their image. And that's what false religions do. We, we turn it around. 
and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, that we, we make God into our image instead of being the creature who is made in his image to worship him the way he says he is. Right. And we can't until we repent and believe in Christ. Right? Right. There's so much in Romans. I'm just like looking at this, right? especially Romans 3. I had Romans 4, 1 through. Oh, we'll right. read it. What do you got? What do you got? We'll, we'll, we'll end with this last well, couple of verses here. That was a big chunk. It was a big chunk? Pick one. Pick a, what's your favorite verse? <laughs> Romans 1, to Rome, chapter well, well, 16. Well, let me start from the beginning. <laughs> Paul, servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel. <laughs> I, I've been using that s- scripture scripture typer. Oh, yeah. app. oh, it's really good. So if you're looking for an app, another unofficial sponsor of a program, uh, scripture typer is good for memorizing. Uh, it's good. I'm trying to memorize. We're all trying in this family, trying to memorize Romans. So each day it'll get, give you a verse, and you can keep going back to that verse. So I'm like one through four, and you just start typing in like the first letter of yeah. of the next word, and mm-hmm. it helps you remember. And then it'll like buzz if you get it wrong, and it gives you points. Is there a free points. version and a? Yeah, I have a free version. Yeah, I sell the free one too. I don't know what the benefits of the get paid one are now. yet. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's working pretty well. It's helping me. So that's your reco. <laughs> Scripture typer. And BibleHub.com. Scripture Piper <laughs> and BibleHub. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to vote. <laughs> don't forget to vote. That's next week. So That's going to happen before our next. So that's your, your Reformation podcast. It's probably a really long one. We went into a lot today. But what, what I, my heart's desire is that if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, that you do that. It's in Him alone. It's not your works. And even as Protestants, we get caught up in our work sometimes and thinking we need to do this or that to earn salvation. And sometimes we'll hear messages about that, you know, 10 steps to stop sinning, you know, 10 steps to, <laughs> to stop watching porn, this or that. And that's not the gospel either. It, it's by grace that we are saved through faith. It's in the finished work of Christ. And that will work in our hearts to transform us. We'll be new creations and we will want to serve Christ. We will start to hate our sin we will still sin. We will still fall back sometimes into our sin, but we will hate it, and we are to mortify it. The Bible, Bible says to mortify our sin, but knowing it's we are still saved through the grace of God, and it's by His grace that we, we can even see our sin. Right. That's what I was going to say. If you, 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 won't even, you won't even see it unless your eyes are opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my prayer is that God opens your eyes to see your sin and see that there's no hope for you outside of the finished work of Christ. And you put your trust completely in Him for your salvation. And then I pray that God will guide you if you're not yet into a biblical church, a Bible-preaching church, a gospel-preaching church. Um, And then you will fellowship with other Christians and we will sharpen each other and just continue. Equip each other. Equip each other, continue to go out. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Go out to find more of Christ's sheep. And I want to encourage you also, if you know Roman Catholics, start reading what Rome teaches and have conversations with people. Because you might have to educate them on what Rome teaches. But also ask them what they believe. 
because they could believe that they're saved by Christ alone, but then encourage them to be in a Bible preaching church and around other Christians. And the kingdom's going to keep growing. Jesus wins, guys. Jesus has won. It's already determined. He's just growing his kingdom now. Mm -hmm. He... He is seated at the right hand. You know, uh, the Psalm 110.1 is quoted so many times in the New Testament. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make the enemies a footstool for your feet. And that's what's happening now. And we're just working through that. And we're just soldiers in his army. I was thinking of uh, what Pastor said, that Jesus isn't looking for fans, right? He's, yes, he's, and I was he's thinking of that, followers. that not a fan book. Right, yeah, and that's, I just that's a great book, that, not like, a fan. You... But I, yeah. I was thinking, you know, because he used the analogy of that we're sports fans, you know, that, that, that was that's such some a good people, analogy. Yeah, that we, we, we go to, like, not everybody's a sports fan, but I, I'm, you know, not as crazy as I used to be. I'm still pretty crazy. I don't even, like, consider you. Really, are you? Because uh, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of, I'm glad we don't have, like, the New York stations or else I'd be watching them. I would have watched oh. my terrible Mets and my terrible Giants. But my <laughs> But, but anyway, yeah, I used to go to like Sunday home games for the Mets before I was saved. That was like my church. Like I would go and I was crazy about it, but that's kind of how, you know, we need to be as passionate about Christ as some people are about sports. But what's cool about being a follower of Christ is when, when you're watching sports, yeah, you might put the jersey on, but you're never in the game. Jesus puts, yeah. puts his jersey on you and says, you're in the game. So yeah. we're in this game that that we're we're called to be in by Christ. So you're not you're not a fan. You're you're a player and, and you're a soldier. And I was thinking about this that this morning in our in our Bible reading, and I was just amazed. Like I think every once in a while, like the whole thing is amazing, but every once in a while it really hits you, and you're like, "Whoa, wait a second! Like <laughs> that job that that we are ambassadors of Christ, like." Mm-hmm. That he trusts that job to us. Yeah. <laughs> like to us right. people who fumble every day, like people who sin every day, who like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And and people who misinterpret his word every day. Mm-hmm. You know? We mess up so much, but we still have this job. We're still, you know, supposed to walk out and reflect Jesus and <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't even wrap my brain around it. Yeah. Well, solely Deo so Gloria. So take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, take it seriously. So. <laughs> take it seriously, but just rest in his grace too. And and yeah. don't try to like be a hero and, and think you're going to win somebody. Yeah. Just, just deliver just... the message. Love. Love each other. Love the church. And the word of God does not go out void. It does his work. So with that, uh, check out our Facebook page. What are we even doing here? Uh, Twitter of the same name. Please subscribe to the iTunes. Leave a review, hopefully five stars. And you can also follow us on SoundCloud. And I hope you learned something today. You want (laughs) to wrap us up there? (laughs) All right, well... We pray that you seek the kingdom of God and will continue to learn what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Rice and beans.
have a happy Reformation Day!